to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today uh, we're going to be is is a good friend of mine who I'll introduce in a second and we'll be talking USA Kings of CONCACAF still. And with me to talk about it is the king of podcasting Logan Stone. I would say that you're the pink king of podcasting with the 96 that you have. I don't think it's a proper name to give me the king. I'm like the prince if you're the king. <laughs> hey, I'll take, it. I'll take it. But yeah, we are talking U.S. men's national team versus Mexico. Um, as USA beats Mexico for the third time this year, the first time that's happened, I think ever, but the first time it's happened for any of these two teams since 1937, three times in a calendar year. So pretty awesome. Doesn't happen a lot. Um, so soak it in. Uh, and now they sit top of the qualifying as it currently stands. So we're going to talk U.S. men's national team. We're getting into some. I think we'll save that for a little later. I want to get into some of this MLS news that we just got mm-hmm. today. And then we can get through this news and get over to the um, maybe like a playoff preview, and then real quick jump to um, U.S. men's team um, to wrap it up. So, uh, Inter-Miami have started their offseason. They've declined 10 contract options. So, uh, they went from, you know, 20 DPs to none. Uh, they uh, they they declined the option of Georgia Costa, Ventura Alvarado, uh, Alvarado, uh, Dylan Castan Castanera, Jay Chapman, Sammy Guidieri, Kelvin Leardam, uh, John McCarthy, Josh Penn, Patrick Segrist, Victor Aloya, Aloya um, and out of contract is Federico Higuain and Breck Shea. And then there was a loan expiration for them as well. Indiana Vasilev. So uh, pretty interesting here. Uh, the Fire, you know, announced their contract options declining on the 8th. That's uh, Barrich, Calvo, Collier, Kronholm, Madran, Slonia, Stoyvan- uh, Stoyanovic, and out of a contract, Kapelhoff and Shuttleworth. So the Fire in Miami. Probably looking to rebuild here. 
So what was your takeaway on Miami declining all these contract options? Not a lot of them are even like big stars or players that played a lot. So I guess maybe they're thinking they need some more, you know, bench players that might contribute. Well, I was going to say, I think it's a matter of when they, it's a matter of moving on from the Iguains, but I don't know as far. I know Frederico, I think is retiring or looking to retire. And then Gonzalo, um, I, I don't know how long you hold on to that just because I think while he was prolific goal scorer in Europe and while he has had moments here, I just, you know, I think that this is like a big boulder and the blockage of uh, smaller boulders to roll. And I think that having some of these guys declined, I think you're going to see some rebuilding, but I don't know if it's going to be necessarily in the right direction. I, I just don't see where this club is much of a threat as far as, um, and you know, unless they go and do sign it's 12 DPs, uh, I just don't see where this team is much of a threat. And I, I know they're all aging and their defenders are aging and they, you know, they were washed up defenders already. So now it's just adding to the, <laughs> to the pile of uh, misfit toys that I think that Miami's collected. So <laughs> these aren't shocking, um, but I, I don't see Miami out there making seller moves because they, they've yet to make one. So it's been interesting. I don't know what to do with, with it, but uh, I, I think the Chicago one's even more interesting too, because they're blowing it up completely. Yeah. There's a lot of big names on the, yeah. on the Chicago list. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm giving Miami like another year or two before I start banging mm. on the drum, like I do for NYCFC and Red Bulls and, and stuff. So uh, you hear that Miami, you have like one year, one to two more seasons until I start saying, why did we waste another large market? Uh, okay, a team that's not blowing it up apparently is going to be Atlanta United as they're signing technical director Carlos Bocanegra to a contract extension. I did not see this coming. We've kind of talked about some of the background stuff that like people have been saying about how you know the front office of Atlanta is all too hands-on, had some run-ins with other managers, but maybe this relationship with Pineda is going well. Uh, you know, they were able to turn it around, so maybe that's enough to give Bocanegra another shot here. This is a three-year mm-hmm. three-year extension. Uh, does it say? It actually just says multi-year, doesn't it? Yeah, it's multi-year. I thought I read three in the tweet you sent me, but the website does not state it. Yeah, this one says multi-year to the tweet. So okay. I'm going to go, let's go with multi-year. Um, whatever that means, that's always a fun one. That's just like, the, uh, the just great... Two. <laughs> the great uh what's it called um transparency uh, transparency yeah. MLS. uh sign a multi-year deal yeah. <laughs> with with multi-millions uh, involved yeah. um i think it's a good signing i think it, it'll be interesting to see how many pieces are left They're, they've got a lot of players i think that are on the on in the scope of like you could play in europe and, and mm-hmm. people are watching them they've got their taps on all of them i think uh silva's one of them um I think Barco time may have been passed, but I, you know, I think there's interest coming from every which direction. Bellows going to get a lot of interest. Um, Franco, Marcelo, or Marcelino Moreno. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where they all go. Miles Robinson. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering. Um... I'm wondering what Atlanta fans think about this because I know that a lot of them have not been so big on uh, Bocanegra recently. 
uh, that I, I'd like to kind of hear what their thoughts are. So if you're a Atlanta United fan that listens to the show, uh, let us know if you think this is the right way forward or if you were hoping for something else. But uh, Okay, and then we have the 2021 year-end award finalists. I'm going to read these names out. For the Landon Donovan MLS MVP finalists, we have Castellanos from NYCFC, Carlos Heel from The Revolution, Hani Mukhtar from Nashville, Jao Paulo from Seattle, and Daniel Salloway from SKC. I mentioned my pick a few weeks ago. I think I do have to go with Hani Mukhtar, mm. um, just number-wise. But I, I think it'll be uh, Carlos Heel, and I think it'll be not even close. Uh, what are your thoughts on MVP? Yeah, I just don't see them giving it to anybody but Carlos Heel, um, just because of the way that he's played this year. Um, you know, I, I think you saw you saw a team though that, and the only reason why others have, I think, some say in this is that um, you saw them play well without Carlos Heel. So I think that it's not it doesn't show as you know how. It shows that they can win without him, so it's not like he was a complete staple where everything just fell together uh, or fell apart when he was not there. Um, yeah, I think I think Hani Mukhtar deserves some kind of shout. I mean, I, I feel like he's played extremely well, and he has Nashville, an expansion team, which we've seen what happens to expansion teams here in MLS recently, um, and the fact that he's been able to pull them through and now – and their second year looked to be one of the more threatening teams in the East. Um, Carlos Hill is going to win it, but, you know, because of the record assist and, you know, going for that record and trying to break that record and also being able to contribute to a supporter shield team that could maybe run away with supporter shield and make a run in MLS cup. So I don't know. I don't see anybody else winning it. Yeah. I don't think anybody else will win it, but, um. Yeah, let, let's go ahead and uh, talk about the next award defender, uh, no, All-State Goalkeeper of the Year, Andre Blake, Matt Turner, Joe Willis of Nashville SC. I think Matt Turner wins this, but I think number-wise, Blake has been better. Mm-hmm. Um, But Blake won it last year when they won the Supporter Shield, and I think Turner was better that year, so... Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Matt Turner because I think they're just going to give it to the Supporter Shield winner. Same thing with the MVP. I don't like it, but I think you're right. I think they, they've got no choice but to give it to Supporter Shields. But I, I think Andre Blake's a better goalkeeper, and in, 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 at least in the MLS, um, I, I think Blake has been better for a longer stretch of time in MLS. Um, Matt Turner is really good, but Andre Blake is like Andre Andre Blake could be playing somewhere much bigger than what he plays currently. Um, oh yeah, I thought I thought he would go at some point, but he's he keeps signing extensions. I'll take it's it. wild because he's easily like one of the top keepers, and he just doesn't get talked about a lot because he plays in the MLS. Right, right. So. Um, Defender of the Year, Yaimar Gomez from Seattle, Miles Robinson from Atlanta, Walker Zimmerman from Nashville. Miles has had a good year. I think you have to give it to Walker with how good Nashville's been, and Nashville's defense has been great, and he's really nailed that spot down. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another Defender of the Year. 
Yeah, um, Seattle have only let three, 33 goals up, so they've been as good as Nashville has been. Seattle's been just as good. However, that being said, I don't think this defense is anything without Walker Zimmerman, whereas I think Seattle's got a better overall, I think, team combined effort. I think they've got a better back four than at times than Nashville, at least defensively. Um, and I know that Nashville fans will probably come after us, but um, Walker's done it for a longer amount of time, too. So I think that shows just how valuable he is. And he played extremely well in this game that we're getting ready to talk about. So mm-hmm. not like that has anything to do with anything, but it shows you how good of a defender he is. Uh, newcomer of the year finalists. Uh, for this award, newcomer is defined as a player who made his MLS debut in 2021. We have Christian Chico uh, Arango from LAFC, Ryan Gold at Vancouver, and Eduardo Chofis, uh, Chofis Lopez from San Jose Earthquakes. I actually wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Gold won this. I think he was very good for Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver was a surprise team that made the playoffs. These other two teams did not. I don't know. I think that would be in people's minds when they vote. Rango's interesting just because he came over. He's only got 17 matches. He's had 14 goals in those 17 matches. I think that so he could win it too. Yeah. <laughs> it makes him enticing. But like you said, I think gold is he's been around and he's, and he's done a long, you know, he's done it longer for uh, Vancouver. I think they, they had him all season, didn't they? Or at least most of the season. I don't I'll even look. know. I want to say he came in late, like not like super late, but he definitely came in. He had 18 appearances with four yeah, goals. I was going to say so. He's a I, I guess I'll take it back. It's going to yeah. be. It's going to be a. Uh, it's going to be a Rango. He's just like prolific. He was like. Um, he's like Carlos Vela needed to be. <laughs> he needed to be um, what Carlos Vela was missing. So I don't know. It, I think that's why a lot of people were high on him. Mm-hmm. All right, we also had Young Player of the Year. So this is a player age 22 or younger, I guess, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, Julian, uh, Julian Araujo from LA Galaxy, Tejan Buchanan, Ricardo Pepe. It's going to be Buchanan or Pepe. And I think yeah. it's going to lean Buchanan with the Revs having that season. I think if you add Pepe while he – did very well. I think at that point, people would probably be adding in his USA performances. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I could see it going either way. Either way, Most of these writers are American, right? So they might mm. be biased and give it to Pepe instead of Buchanan, who's Canadian. Some slights thrown. <laughs> the, the way that the kid did it was impressive, like being that young. <laughs> like that's, Yo, yeah. that's impressive altogether. But I do think you're right. I think... I think if you're going up against a revolution player, I think you're crap out of luck um, because I think they just clean sweep all, all these awards just because of how good they've been. They've been historic. So anybody part of that team has been historic. Definitely. Definitely. Um, comeback player of the year honors an MLS player who has overcome injuries and or adversity in order to achieve success during the 2021 season. This one I think will not be a Revs player because I do think if they give Carlos Heel a MVP, hmm. I think you've got to give Chicharito the comeback player of the year. It could be Salloway as well, but Chicharito getting so close to 
Golden Boot after two goals last year. Mm-hmm. Two. Um, and also being injured part of this season and coming back and still scoring that many goals. Like, goals to games ratio, I think, is really great for Chicharito and probably will get him this award. Yeah. I think early on, I mean, if he just stayed healthy and on the pitch, he's golden I mean, boot winner. You're talking about golden boot and maybe even some shots for MVP. Um, the Galaxy would have been a better team. They would have made the playoffs. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, and probably runs away with it because Shallowy was good. But I think just because of the story altogether, and, and if you forgot the narrative, you need to go back and look at it just because there was that. I think it was like one of the first games where he put in a couple late. Um, and got so emotional and probably gave one of the best press conferences or on-field conferences after the or on-field interview uh, after the game where he's just completely overjoyed um, and just uh, emotions so raw that we've probably never seen before in sports. It's really good. So if you haven't seen that and want to remember why he deserves that award, probably should go take a look at that. Definitely. Uh, all right, uh, MLS Works Humanitarian of the Year finalists, Julian Araujo, LA Galaxy, Justin Mur- Morrow from Toronto, and Brad Stuver from Austin. I don't think we know enough about what they do, so no. I don't think we can really pick that. I do know I know what Justin Morrow's done. He's done a lot in the community um, in Canada and where he's from, too. So I, I think that one I know of, just because they were talking about when he retired, they said he is unbelievably kind. Um, and does a lot of work off the pitch, but that's the only one that I know about. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they give it to him because he's retiring. That's what I was saying. I I was thinking that maybe they just give it to him because he's uh, wrapping it up, right? And then these other players have a chance to to get another year. And it's not like those guys will go away. I mean, those those awards usually go to – there's like five or six players that are always thrown into that award, and they stay pretty consistent throughout the sports. Okay, uh, the Ziggy Schmidt uh, Coach of the Year finalists, Bruce Arena from the Rebs, Robin Fraser from the Rapids, and Brian Smetzer from Seattle. It's going to be Bruce Arena. Yeah. And it should be Bruce Arena. When you look at what he inherited with this team when he first started, mm-hmm. and then their record-winning season, Supporter Shield. Um, I mean, really, this, this team was bottom of the barrel when he took it over. And uh, they're, he's he's going to win it. I don't think there's a chance anybody else wins it, but Robin Frazier does deserve some sort of commendation after you know having one of the lowest payrolls for the Rapids, winning the Western Conference on the last day. Mm-hmm. You know, constantly at, at the beginning of the season, was closer to like five or six, get up to four, hang out at fourth for a while, overtake the Galaxy then kind of overtake everybody on that last day. And that was pretty fantastic. I wish they had like a second manager that we could be like, but you were the runner up, you know, like you were the runner up, get a trophy too. Cause that's really impressive. And if the revs didn't record set anything, it's going to be Robin Frazier. Mm -hmm. I think, Um, you know, if the revs don't have as good of a season, it's probably Robin Frazier because that would be a story. But these yeah, usually go to supporter shield winners and they usually go to teams that break records and that's what it's going to be. And he, I think Bruce deserves it as well. Yeah, he picked the wrong time to, to have a really good rap. Yeah. Uh, he would have won it in any other season that we're talking about, but 
because they set the fire or set the world on fire this year. The Reds, no chance that he wins it. All right, so uh, we got some. Oh, they also have referee and assistant referee of the year. I don't know enough about. Yeah. I mean, I know these names, but I yeah. it's probably going to be Jair Marufo. I would I would guess. Um, but I don't think we know enough to say they deserve referee of the year. Okay. I want to do some quick playoff predictions. I'm going to give you the games. You're going to tell me who wins in a score line. I'm going to keep track of this as we go throughout the season, uh, the playoffs, not the season. We're already done the season. <laughs> okay. Union versus Red Bulls. Who you got? Union. Four? Um, two nil. Union have a good defense. I don't see Red Bull scoring on them. I'm going to go Union 3-1. How about that? That's fair. All right, SKC versus Vancouver. SKC at the Children's Mercy. There's no chance for Vancouver. Sorry, Vancouver. You've had a good season. It was a good run. Uh, and I'm going to go I'm going to go 1-0. Cool. Yeah. King of Salloway or no? Uh, Sure. Yeah, because I don't think Alan <laughs> Polito is healthy. So. Yeah. I'm going to say two now. That's Casey. Or Johnny Russell. Johnny Russell's a good pick to score. Uh, you'll go Russell? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Johnny Russell. Uh, okay, now this is not MLS playoffs, but this is MLS teams. Montreal versus Toronto mm-hmm. in the Canadian Championship. Montreal, Sunday at 1 man. o'clock. Montreal, yeah. that's who I got. Yeah. They got to go for some vengeance, man. They got knocked out of the playoffs. After a good run this year, and Toronto's just absolutely horrid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. There's no chance. I'll say one nil Montreal. Who did? What you got score line wise? Three nil Montreal. Oh jeez. Yeah. Uh, no all defense. right. NYCFC versus Atlanta. Hmm. At Yankee Stadium. NYCFC because of the pitch and Tati Castellanos is on fire. Atlanta's kind of slowed down, so I think NYCFC with that defense and playing. With uh, James Sands back there, you know, U.S. Men's National Team, James Sands. Um, yeah, I think NYCFC pulls it off. I think it's going to be. I want to say three to two. I'm say this. Ooh, high-scoring yeah. game. Yeah. I'm going to go Atlanta. Uh, I'm going to go Atlanta. I'm going to go a grab one nil victory. Okay. So just go in and get it done. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last playoff game: Portland versus Minnesota. It's a good one. This is a really good matchup. I like this one a lot. This can't be the last playoff game. Isn't it? No, Orlando. <laughs> oh, the Dude, Tuesday game. We'll be out, recording man. before then. We'll be okay. recording before then. These are the these oh, are the oh, uh, Monday. Sorry. Sunday, Saturday, Sunday games. I didn't know what you were doing here. Um Who is it? Who is Portland and uh, Minnesota? That's good thing. Sorry, I was getting sidetracked. Oh, man, this is tough. It's at Providence, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you can win in Providence in the playoff game. I'm going to go 2-1 Timbers. I'm going Portland 2-0. Sorry, Minnesota. It it is tough because if we look at what I chose at the beginning of the year, I had Minnesota winning the whole thing. (laughs) I also had Portland winning the supporter field, so that didn't happen. I can't wait to see what our predictions are next year because I feel like I'm going to overcorrect. I'm going to be like, who's last place? They're going to win it all. Who's going (laughs) to? Houston's going to win supporter shield. Call it now. 
Uh, that's what we need to find, like, the team that's the revs. Like, who is the most improved that, like, just... I definitely feel like Nashville could be that team next year, but we'll talk about They're that going to the West. Yeah, but I still feel like they... They're good. Teams, teams got to prepare for that team as well. Like, I always feel like teams that switch leagues always have good success because teams aren't used to playing them. Do you want to do the Tuesday games now, or do you think we'll, we'll record Monday, right? Yeah, we'll record. Okay. Yeah. We could do the yeah. Let's let's tease. We'll it. save that for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, playoff score. Uh, playoff game wise, these games are on uh, Univision and TUDN for Philadelphia Red Bulls. SKC Vancouver's on Unimas and TUDN, and MLSsoccer.com. You can watch both of these on MLSsoccer.com as well for the English. I think. I was gonna say I'm sorry, but they've got to stop doing that. Like, I hate those mm-hmm. broadcasts so much because most of the time they're on Twitter. Like, that's our version. Yeah. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. I, I don't want to watch hearts. Like, and you got to, like, de- oh, you can turn like, that off. I know you can, but it's just really annoying because, one, you can't, you got to, like, airplay Twitter if you're going to pull it up on a TV. Mm-hmm. Once you play it on the PlayStation, or it's just really brutal. MLS needs to get it together. Stop with the TUDN, Rooney Moss games and have the English version on your satellite radio. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and look at, um, Oh, and then the, uh, NYCFC Atlanta is on ABC at three o'clock on Sunday. Big ABC. Port- yeah. Big ABC. Yeah. Portland, <laughs> Minnesota on ESPN, uh, the main one at five thirty. Ooh, that's a great time too. So we can, we can get all these games on ESPN 1 and ABC. Why can't we get the U.S. Men versus Mexico on ESPN or ABC? I was going to say, is the U.S. Men's game against uh, Jamaica on, like, Paramount Plus? Oh, okay, Paramount Plus. That makes sense. At 5 o'clock, too. So I'm going to miss probably some of that because I'm going to be, uh, you know, driving home from work or something. Yeah, I know. I saw that time. I thought it was going to – it was one of those, you know, placeholder times. It's nope. like, it's weird. It's not 5 o'clock. Maybe maybe in Jamaica it's a different time zone. I don't know what their time zone is. Maybe it's like seven p.m. their time. They're they're an hour ahead of us. Because I think the Bahamas was an hour ahead of us too. I don't remember. Let me look. I I, I can look at the the world clock on the what phone. Time here. is it is in Kingston. Kingston, Jamaica. It is. 555. 5.55. No, it's our okay. time. Okay, That's so really just... weird. Oh, CONCACAF has to get that under control. A weekday. 5 o'clock kickoff? It's going to get horrible viewership. It's already gotten no fans. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a drab game. Yeah, to nobody going to watch this. Yeah. All right, let's talk U.S. men's national team as we're talking about now. We're going to talk USA versus Mexico. Uh, which is a 2-0 result. Pulisic in the 74th, Weston McKinney in the 85th, Miles Robinson with a second yellow red card, 89th minute. So he's missing the next game against Jamaica. And so is um, Weston for yeah. yellow card accumula- accumulation. Yeah, yeah. Which was awful. Like, if you're if you're Weston McKinney... It was argument. It's for argument. And, yeah, and here we go. Like, it... it it stems to a player's ability to think critically on time and in the moment and on the pitch. And it shows you like, he's just not, 
there's times where he just gets so involved with what he is doing and what's happening around him. He doesn't think about the consequences in and around him. And I know it's not fair to kind of bring up the, but it's, it seems to me that he easily could have avoided this and it was in protection of a player, but he went total ham on this <laughs> defender that went, and I, I agree it was, it was not great, but I mean, it, it, it's soccer. It's it happens. Um, but again, you can't keep making mistakes like this. Could you imagine if this had been um, World Cup and like the next game we needed to get through the group um, and we needed West McKinney? Now we don't have it. Right. Or right. like this was a clinching game for qualifiers and he goes and does something like this. It's moments like this that it make me concerned for him and his future just because I just in all these numbers out of Juventus where he's difficult to coach and he's constantly causing issues, it's starting to, I mean, they're starting to stockpile and it's starting to accumulate for him, just like his yellow cards. Um, I, I think he'll be okay. I, I I think the the worry is, you know, he's not captain material. I used to see yeah. people saying this before he got sent to, you know, home. out of camp, yeah. Uh, yeah, sent home that people thought he's like one of the next captains of the U.S. men's actually. He just hasn't shown that maturity. Here he has to know how many yellow cards he already has. He has to mm-hmm. know arguing is worthless. The refs never, especially without VAR, are not going to overturn whatever they just did. So really no point in arguing, um, I think. I mean, I, I get it. They're probably frustrated at the time, and they're like, how could you call that or whatever? But – you know, the, the ref's never like, oh, yeah, my bad. Mm. Not a free kick. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, they never do that. I'll so, take the card back. I'm sorry. Like, whenever I would, you know, play any sport, it was useless getting in arguments. We had somebody yes. getting an argument on my softball team for something being called fair ball when it was a foul, like if mm. you go down the line. But the ground rules say that hitting it in that bush, that's clearly out of bounds, mm. is – uh is a fair ball. So we already yeah. knew that before the game. And at that point it was, you know, worthless to argue because he's not going to overturn it, you know? Um, so, so that's my thought process on it is keep your head. This is just another sign of being young, I think. And hopefully grows out of that. soon. Miles it, did it too. He played pretty well. Yeah. Like miles had a young moment too. That's how he got yeah. red. Yeah. So, again, arguing and, and a like foul. Said, I mean, yeah, he got but, it for the foul. It says, but um, yeah. I'm sure arguing didn't help. Well, he got a yellow. He got a yellow. He got a he... yellow in the 59th, and then a yellow in the 89th. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't straight red. Right. right it right. wasn't okay. Second Cause, yellow. Yeah, because he got lippy with one of the red, and, and that doesn't help your case if he's thinking about whether I'm going to give you a, a card or not. So, I don't know. Youth moments. But your boy scored. Christian yes. Scored. Christian Pulisic comes in in the 69th minute. Nice. And he's going to go <laughs> on to score in the 74th, just five minutes after coming on, after Timothy Weah, who played very well, mm-hmm. whips in a great ball, headed into the back of the net by Pulisic. He's got the T-shirt made up. He shows it. It says man in the mirror, mm-hmm. which is referencing Ochoa's comments. Um, about how the USA looks in the mirror and sees Mexico or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and uh, they had that made up, and uh, I think it was Wea and 
Yedlin, who had the shirt made up mm-hmm. for Pulisic to wear. Mm-hmm. And it just worked out perfectly that he came in late, scored right away, got to show it off. And then McKenney putting it away in the 85th minute. Uh, then the red card happened in the 89th, and I was a little nervous that, okay, it's not over yet. We got to get through this here. But mm-hmm. another Dulce Cero uh, in Ohio, this time in Cincinnati and not Columbus. And three straight times this year. It just feels great. And, you know, I know some people are still saying, well, Greg still deserves a lot of criticism and stuff, but you can make criticism of him, but you also got to know when to enjoy it. We're top of the qualifying halfway through. Um, We should beat Jamaica. If we don't, yes, you can criticize all you want, but if we beat Mm -hmm. Jamaica with no fans there um, behind closed doors, even with the players, that we have without Weston and Miles Robinson, we should be fine. And at that point, at, I think they said we already have more points than we did in the entirety of the last qualifying or something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're getting there. But also, I mean, there's more games this time too. But yeah, um, we're halfway through top of the table. The issue is how tight the top four is. We could mm-hmm. still realistically drop down to the playoff spot. Right. But I would expect panama to do more uh struggling than us Mm. um if i'm to be honest so if i look at the qualifying and we look at the tables we are currently in first with 14 points tied with mexico we have higher goal differential as we have a plus seven they have a plus five um mexico in second like i just said canada in third with 13 so there's only a one point difference there and then Panama in fourth with 11 being a three-point difference there. So that's why this Jamaica game is really important. Panama is going to end up playing against – who do they play? El they Salvador. Play El Salvador, who's near the bottom. That's another three points for them. With the way Panama has been playing, honestly, like they were down 2-0 and yeah. come back and went 3-2. Gosh, that's a Amazing. Watch. Yeah. Amazing for Panama. Sucks yeah. for us. But also, it's mostly okay. If it's these top four that can kind of run away with it, mm-hmm. I feel pretty good. Um, Costa Rica in fifth with six points. Jamaica in sixth with six points. El Salvador in seventh with six points. And Honduras in eighth with three points. You know, we've got a uh, eight-point difference ahead of Costa Rica. We're starting to grow that difference between... That's almost three games, eight point difference. That's almost nine points. Mm. Um, and there's only seven games left. So we're like, we're really almost to the point of locking in a top four spot. And then if we can beat Panama, because we do have to face them again, right? Yeah. We have to face them again. On our home turf. Because we lost 1 0 there. On March so 27th, yeah. which is going to be the last qualifier. Is that right? That's our last qualifier. Um, no, ours last was like Costa Rica. Yeah, there's a second. We're second to last. Like that last window could be brutal. It's Mexico at Mexico, and then Panama here. Oh, March thirtieth. Yeah, Costa yeah. Rica. Yeah, like March. We don't want. We don't want to be in March going. All right, we need some points here because, which I don't think. I mean, I think we got to think about it like this, right, Jordan? I mean, it. it one. If you beat Canada coming up and you hang on in Jamaica, we should be able to handle El Salvador and Honduras at home, you would think. 
right? So Canada is the next tough challenge as if you're really considering the talent. Like we beat Jamaica in that game in Wales or whatever it was, and they had most of their starting team while we played our second team. And we played extremely well against them and beat them. Um, I, I think with Canada, um, or maybe we drew that game friendly. But anyway, um, Canada is our last one, and I think we played them in Toronto. Um, so that's not too far. But it, it it would be nice to have to go into these games where if we have to play Canada or Mexico away, we don't necessarily have to worry about you know anything but a draw. So I don't know. I guess if you look at it. We're the best team in the we're the best team in CONCACAF. I think we gotta look at it like that. We're the deepest team, I think, in CONCACAF. Definitely the deepest. So, you know, we can we can beat that Mexico team in Mexico or get a point. That's that's mm-hmm. all we need. Um Canada is about to play Mexico mm-hmm. in like negative a hundred degree temperature, uh snow and like all this stuff. So <laughs> um it, it, it's gonna be exciting. For that, you know, that's going to be really fun. But also, I also worry that everybody thinks that's a slam dunk for Canada now, and it's going to end up being Mexico still wins that. But if Canada wins that, that moves them to first until we beat Jamaica. Then that moves us, you know, we're we're starting to grow that distance from Panama. And then Mexico would actually be close to going out. And I wonder, mm-hmm. like, what will it take to have Tata Martino fired? This, he's lost three straight to the USA. Um, which for Mexico is embarrassing. You know, it's embarrassing. If they lose to Canada, Canada has 17 points. If we beat Jamaica, we have – no, the, Canada have 16 points. If we beat Jamaica, we have 17. Mm-hmm. If Mexico loses to Canada, they have 14. If Panama wins, they have 14. They'd be right on that third and fourth, maybe depending on goal differential. Mm-hmm. They would be – Fourth, it looks like though they have a four goal differential over um, Panama, so they probably end up still third. But I wonder, like, if there's a panic button for Mexico soon, or if they're going to stay the course with Tata Martino. I saw somebody tweet: If Tata gets fired, he's going to be the next coach of LAFC. That <laughs> 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 was like it's very funny because people are like determined to get Bob Bradley to Toronto to coach Michael. Which will be, which would be really weird. Like I feel like it would be strange to coach your son in a professional game, but it happens. Um, I did like, obviously, Greg Berhalter beating Mexico in three straight matches in the same year. Like that's that's really impressive. And they they've been games too where we've won late, like where we were competitive with them the whole way through, and then stomped on their throats when we needed to stomp on them. Um, which has been a testament just to like how young they are and how much Mexico has played together. They always talked about that, right? Leading up into this World Cup qualifying, Mexico is always one of the better teams because they always get to play together. Um, or at least when they train together, they're always there. Um, whereas the U.S., I mean, we went, what, a year and a half, almost two years where we didn't Without train together? Greg having a, yeah. a, an A squad. Right. And, you know, something along the lines with that, too, is that this is who everybody wanted to be the men's manager. Everybody right. was saying, Tata, why didn't we even interview him? Why did we pick Greg Berhalter for nepotism? Mm-hmm. Greg Berhalter winning three times over top of him is pretty good. And two of those were cup finals. <laughs> Let's not forget, you know, like it's not yeah. just like three uh, games, one qualifier, two friendlies. It was three two, different trof- <laughs> two finals. Yeah. And uh, yeah, with with totally different players, 
Um, and, and it just shows how well we've adjusted to that. So um, I do feel a little sorry for Greg when he, you know, still sometimes gets crapped on after this is the coach, as Alexi said on Twitter the other day, this is the coach everybody wanted for mm-hmm. the USA men's team, Tata Martino. And he has not beat the U.S. this year. Um, so it is what it is, right? I mean, it, it's just uh, – and, and you know what? Even Greg is getting some of these – you know, people thought Tata might be able to get some of these uh, dual nationals. Greg's winning that battle. Yeah. So I don't know. It's pretty uh, pretty interesting to say the least. I got two players I want to highlight. Um, well, we are, you already highlighted the third, Tim. Um, I, I think – Tyler Adams, that's your captain, obviously. Um, Link to I, Arsenal right now. Too. Yeah, and he's been just so, so good. Uh, yeah, we're going to have all sorts of players playing with massive clubs soon because um, Pulisic is getting linked at Barcelona. That's um, a downgrade right now. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, poor guy. Um, no, but uh, joking aside, I think Tyler Adams has played phenomenally, uh, and I think keeping him healthy is going to be key. Um, James Sands is coming in for – um, Miles and Weston, I think it doesn't matter. They just coming in for one of their spots, but um, who, which they didn't replace the second one, which you and I were like confused by, like why not just bring in um, somebody? Uh, but anyway, right. like we, we were talking about, uh, we've talked about Tyler Adams a lot, but Walker Zimmerman, we alluded to him and earlier in the show, he was huge. Um, God, he was huge. Uh, there was one, and I forget, I think it was either Corona or um, it might have been Jimenez who he chased down and. He should have easily had a goal, uh, but one of the attacking players, I'm pretty sure it was Joe Cor- or, uh, Corona, um, and he just stomps out the attack. Uh, Walker gets in front of him, and he tries to cut back, but Walker read it coming back, and he was able to clear the ball out from underneath his feet. Uh, and it was easily a goal, um, yeah. and, which, you know, maybe, because Stefan played well too. And I, I think yeah. that's the other thing too we didn't really talk about is Stefan playing well. Um I, I love how angry Twitter is all the time at these two, but I would like uh, who said it? Uh, I think it, I want to say it was either Stu or Taylor. It was Taylor. It was Twelman on. He was actually on the broadcast. Uh, I think he said something along the lines of, "Why are we sitting here having these really tough battles on social media and like in the media when we have two great goalkeepers?" Right when they when they are on top form, we have two of uh, some of the best goalkeepers in the world. If you're talking about a one-two punch, if you look at other teams, they're not so lucky. If one of their goalkeepers goes down, they don't have the luxury of having a caliber, you know, Premier League caliber player as their backup. Um, I mean, Matt Turner, while he is an MLS player, could easily be playing for somebody else in Europe, um, which he, you know, he might get the chance soon. But who knows? I mean, we've got. It's funny that we argue about it, but. What did you see? Like who who stood out to you in your mind? Well, yeah, Wea. Wea was yeah. really good. Um, I thought, uh, like you said, Stefan made some really key saves. And you know, at the beginning, I thought, okay, I would, I like, I was leaning Turner, right? But yeah, and there's news out saying Stefan's going to play Tuesday, and I like that. The reason I like it is I don't want goalkeeper switches mid thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like that. I want the back four we're already gonna have to change miles out because of the red card i like the back four and the goalkeeper to kind of be able to create chemistry and stay Mm -hmm. in sync during a window doesn't have to always be that way i'm just saying like during a window i want them playing consistently Mm -hmm. together um 
Some news here, too, from Greg's uh, presser. Pulisic could have started versus Mexico, but the U.S. felt he wasn't 90 minutes fit. He's in consideration to start Tuesday. Um, the full 11 is not yet decided because conditions of the field will play a role, and the U.S. men's team is training this evening. So um, we'll see how it goes, right? So, like, no, no full 11 has been decided, but Pulisic could start. They think he's ready to go in that regard. And we know goalkeepers staying the same. It is good, though. Like, get Greg his consistency, and you and I talked about that all the time. If we can get a consistent starting 11, or at least, you know. We won't. He's still going to switch yeah. out, you know, yeah. whatever. But we do, but we see a shell of it. Like, you've got Musa now, you've got McKenney, you've got Tyler Adams. That is as solid of a midfield as you could possibly want, probably across the globe. Like, if you're looking across the globe at, at different midfields, I'd say we're – we're up there. I mean, that is a very talented midfield. Especially oh, yeah. And they're all young. Yeah. So if you get – and Moose is really the only one that's, like, not – like, Tyler and Weston have done it enough to where they've, they're starting to get into a groove of now being able to compete with anybody's best. Uh, Eunice is still learning, uh, and I think he will learn in La Liga. Yeah, he hasn't um, been playing as much at right. La Liga. Um, and then you've got, you know, some of the most solid attacking players. Uh, Pepe's coming around, and he's young. Um, and then it just goes back to the defense. I think that's our biggest right now. If I had to pick, which I thought in midfield would be, but I think our defense, because of the revolving door it's been lately, um, might be your biggest Achilles heel. But it seems like everybody he seems to pick seems to step up. I thought Yedlin actually played pretty well for mm-hmm. uh, not being uh, able to select Dest. So um, I think they said Scally may not start either. So yeah, I can see um, that. I'm fine with that. Just get him introduced to the camp. We should be able to beat Jamaica with Yedlin, honestly. Yeah. Did you see Aaron Long was there too? No, that, I didn't. That caused an uproar. So if you go back and he, if you look, I, by the way, I want to know what's I want to know what's written in Greg's notebook. <laughs> like I always going to be like, dude, what's in your notebook? Um, but yeah, Aaron Long. Uh, he hugs Christian like he comes down from this from the bench and he hugs Christian and he was. He was dressed, but not like, you know, he was dressed with his sweatpants on and the USA jacket. But, yeah, Aaron Long was – I guess he's, he's been training. The game there? They, he's been training with the team, I guess. Oh, okay. So, that's it. that was interesting to me. I was like, that's interesting. Because he had been playing really well with Red Bulls. Um, this is probably one of his best seasons that he'd been playing. Then well, maybe – Achilles? Yeah, maybe. You know, like if I was a U.S. player and the, they're training around me and I have playoffs coming up, I'd be like, can I train with you? Or if yeah. I didn't have playoffs coming up, I'd be like, can I train with you? That's a good you point. Know? I didn't think about that. Yeah. And I'd be like, just to cause an uproar, too, they'd be like, this MLS slub is coming in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, training. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so uh, USA winning 2-0 over Mexico. Mexico had some chances in the first half, but really the second half was all USA. In the- yeah. You know, the possession favored Mexico 51 to 49. Shots go USA's way 18 to 8. <laughs> uh, five shots on target for the US, four for Mexico. Um, one offside the whole game, and it was Mexico. It was pretty mm-hmm. interesting. And we won Pepe the red card battle, fine. too. Yeah. <laughs> we won the yeah, red we, card battle. We just too. win it all. Did we win yellow, too? We had to have won yellow as well. Oh, it didn't. I don't know if it showed me that. 
I think so because you know we didn't even talk about it, but Aaron's Aaron's oh, yeah, I about that. almost got his eye plucked out, and that yeah. was not uh, not a red card. But God forbid Miles Robinson like accidentally knocks a guy over, and that's a yeah. second yellow. Oh, and then hell, we didn't even talk about uh, Cincinnati throws one hell of a party. <laughs> like uh, if I, I won the pick... yellow card battle three to two. Okay, so we won everything categorically speaking, except possession. Yeah. But Cincinnati, TQL throws a great party. Um, like, from everything you could tell on screen, the the fans were, like, 95% uh, American, I think. Um, it was heavily American. I think if you're going to play home games as the U.S. team and you you can kind of jockey for position, I would want to play in the Midwest. It's the furthest away from everybody. So that way you can just play in, like, Columbus, and, which is good because all they'll have, like, St. Louis in them. So they all have new stadiums. Let's just play in the Midwest and claim that it's just the Midwestern party. Because I think if you go west or south, you're gonna you're gonna have Mexican fans. Um, mm-hmm. if you go south the other direction, you're gonna have Jamaican fans or what other, you know, Costa Rica and all of those. So it's like let's just pick the Midwestern cities. Like let's just start and with we Canada, usually do. We usually go with um, yeah, we usually go with Columbus and Kansas City. Or Mexico and stuff. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think maybe it'd be cool if they alternate Columbus, Cincinnati for Mexico games or something. Yeah. But we're not going to have one of these for another eight years or so because we're going to automatically qualify for 2026. So what will happen? Will it go down to seven teams in that? Will they play? Or I no? Don't how, I don't know how. How does play. that work? They're gonna, well, that... one, it's going to be the first. I think it's the first World Cup of the expansion 48 teams or whatever. So we're going to have that. Then we're going to have us three automatically qualify. Yeah, it's the three then of there's us, gonna right? be yeah, then there's gonna still be teams from CONCACAF that qualify. I think another like five teams if I'm right, like because of the Yeah. Because the because they're doing forty eight teams. So they're gonna expand a little bit. Hey those little those little teams are gonna love this. They're gonna be like heck yeah. Honduras and Costa Rica. That'd be fun yeah. though, like to see some of them in it. Give them a chance. I'll, They've been in recently. I mean, mm-hmm. Honduras was really good. Honduras, I, don't know, yeah. I forget what year it was. 2014, 2010. They were they were good then. Um, Hell, you and I can start a national team. National team of Jordan. It's already yeah. there. I can just take that over. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Um do want to just plug a few things while we're here. So Logan and I, as he mentioned, have, well, definitely I do have a lot of podcasts that have <laughs> been coming down the pike recently. Um, we have uh, recently, I just released um, an episode of our Marvel podcast to the Infinity Saga and beyond with our friend Jack Seepersoud from the final third. So I know some people that listen to this show, listen to that show as well. Um, so if you listen to the final third and you like Jack uh, on there, me and uh, he and I talked Marvel plus uh, Marvel um, studios news from Disney plus day. Uh, he also did a whole breakdown of what if uh, over the course of the nine weeks, um, Logan had been on there for previous breakdowns. And uh, Matt's going to do Hawkeye with me starting Thanksgiving weekend. Then I also talked to Jack about uh, Star Wars news recently on our pod, uh, on our Star Wars podcast called The Pod Awakens. All of these links are going to be 
in the show notes if interested. And uh, I also just started recording a series called The Road to the Book of Boba Fett with my cousin, Brandon, who jumped on. And he and I uh, talked Attack of the Clones uh, for about two hours. Um, <laughs> talking about Boba and just the movie as a whole, but like Boba Fett and kind of looking at it from his point of view as we go through every single one of his appearances as we lead up to the book of Boba Fett. So that'll be like a weekly series or something as we go through. So next we got like five Clone Wars episodes we're watching. Then um, Stoppage Time Soccer Show with Logan and uh, well, then Logan's going to be on the book of Boba Fett breakdowns at the end of December. We also have uh, Stoppage Time Soccer Show, which is on hiatus right now due to the international break. So we'll be back with that probably next week. And then we have baseball. Baseball, yes. Extra innings baseball show, which we plugged a few times on here. It's going to start talking some hot stove stuff soon and winter meetings if everything goes well in December. Um, and uh, then I've been doing a lot of TikTok stuff at Youngster Jordan on TikTok. Lots of, and YouTube. If you go to YouTube, search Youngster Jordan, you'll find playthroughs of. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. I'm going to be doing Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Nuzlocke starting this weekend when the game releases. I've been playing Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic on Switch, doing a full dark side playthrough there. Um, laughing at all the evil stuff I can do. We're doing that too. So hmm. I've got a lot going on. Um, and my 9 to 5 job. If you want to catch me there, you can. I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you can catch us all there. Uh, if you want to follow this show, by the way, uh, the one that matters right now, at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, or email us Stateside Show at gmail.com. And thanks for listening and have a great rest of your week. Go, go, USA. Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.